The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Paper Out. If you're listening on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103, or if you're watching and joining us live on YouTube, I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. We got Brandon Flowers here. We got Brandon Marshall here. Today, B-Flow and I are on the same page yeah, with the Black yeah, yeah, Memo, yeah, yeah. and Brandon mind. is the odd man out. He did try to get us all to wear green, Thank but... You. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We, hold on, hold on, in no, fairness, no, hold on, hold on. we never said we were agreeing to that, so... I, I know, but if we go into our group text, so we was going back and forth last night. There's so much to talk about. Uh-huh. You know, the <laughs> Knicks game, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, um, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, we didn't get blown out. It wasn't a wash. It was don't don't come at me. We, thank you, BC. Orange and blue skies, baby. That's We're all right. We're all right. It's a, look, don't talk to me. Look, Go ahead. B flow <laughs> says, I, I, y'all, you and Ashley keep matching, which we don't talk. It just happens it just naturally. It does happen, yeah. Right? And so I was like, all right, cool. We're gonna start putting it in that group chat. B flow, wearing green tomorrow. Ha ha ha. Let's go, Ash. And then I sent a whole video of my whole fit. And then y'all come in all black. <laughs> Did you watch the video? Did you I'm, watch I it? I might have watched the video. You didn't watch I, it? I don't think he watched it. I actually did not watch it. I just looked at the outfit on the screen. If we don't give you a thumbs up, bro, that don't mean I'm weird all the way on board. And in with all it. fairness, I did wear green on Monday. You did. Well, so, anyways, bad teammates. Listen, we also got my big bro Stack in the building, coming from his uh, department store, AKA his closet. He is Prada down. Hold on, um, get that shot again. Look at that. Stack. Ooh. <laughs> Stack don't even know we on. Just... <laughs> Stack is in the zone. He not he not giving us no mind. Well, we gonna bring him in though, so we need him. We need him to to say hi. Stack, <laughs> paging Stack. <laughs> One two three Stack. <laughs> well, when we get to basketball, as long as he's ready, when we go to basketball, we, we going we into good. basketball right now. Listen, <laughs> um, what? Let's go around the league. Headlines around the league. What you got, Bifla? Celtics. I mean, are they the kings of the East? It's been one game, but some, I... Some say they held on last night. I don't think it was close, but we'll dive into that. It was a four-point game. I, they was comfortable like I was the whole game. So, But we'll dive into it later on in the show. We were leading in the third quarter. Listen, 
No one was sweating in Boston. I wasn't sweating. It almost went into overtime. Yeah, but I mean, we'll go, we'll get into it later. All right, in the show. all right, all right. <laughs> Hater in the house, what you got? Yeah, so obviously we'll dive into these things later in the show. Um, you know, I want to continue this conversation. We started yesterday, but this whole LeBron conversation versus uh, Victor uh, Wimby, how you say his name? Wimbyama. Wimbyama, right? Like, this guy potentially is coming into the NBA with more hype than LeBron James did when he did, you know, 21 years ago. So I, I want to debate that a little bit, man. Like, is it too much? That's the question. Mm. Don't answer it now. <laughs> Hold on. Um, and lastly, Harden is joining the Philadelphia 76ers, sort of. Uh, we'll dive into that actually right now. He did return to the team. Now, I want to go ahead and put it out there that, you know, outside of the issues going on between him and the 76ers organization, specifically Daryl Morey, um, that James Harden did remove himself from the team due to what was being reported as an issue with his mom, who was not well. He has since returned to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we'll dive into all the intricate details, but hopefully that's a sign that at least his mom is doing better. I know that the situation between him and Philly may not have changed, but hopefully his mom is doing better. There are things that are bigger than basketball. So I just want to put that out there. Why is that funny? It's not funny. I'm not... That's for real. Can you it's, it's, you know, you know, his mom I, was sick. No, I don't... I, let's go. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying that... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm <laughs> saying I hope that issue that kept him away from the team in the latter parts of the saga is okay. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going to just be real. I'm going to be honest, right? Like, no disrespect, because you're right. There's We had this debate. Y'all know where I stand on this... You know, Coach Sean McVay, congratulations to him. They just had the baby. Mm -hmm. That was a transaction. Oh, I love how the Rams announced that, yes. But the debate was, he, he said he would miss a regular season game if the baby was coming, right? Mm -hmm. His wife going to, uh, into labor. Come on, what are we doing, right? So I, I, I start smiling here is because we know the whole James Harden back and forth, and it's like, is she really sick? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, that's why I said we need to move on, but... Y'all know I can only... What? What? <laughs> come on. <laughs> really? Come on, out of nowhere? Ash, come on, don't do this to me. Come on, let's get That's why I started laughing. I, I'm not even going to comment on that. So. <laughs> Brandon! <laughs> I mean, we, going, we on YouTube. This ain't ESPN. This ain't FS1. I'm just saying that, you know, it's like we, we know the situation. Well, I, it's like, I, yo, this I, is I am someone happening. who likes to believe that nobody would say that their mother was sick if they actually weren't. But, okay. I know. That, that, that might sound real cruel. Oh, my God. <laughs> is staff ready so we can just break up some of this madness that is Brandon Marshall? Can I get a heads up, a, a thumbs up? If he's ready, Andrew, anyone? No? No? Okay. Let's go ahead and talk James Harden then while we wait for Stack to join us. Listen, the beard is back, kind of, sort of. James Harden returned to Sixers practice Wednesday, but he will not be traveling to the team to Milwaukee for the team season opener on their next, or their next game in Toronto. I'm sorry, rather, the season opener actually happened yesterday, I believe, but he will not be traveling with the team to Milwaukee or the next game in Toronto. Now, it is being reported that he showed up um, with his bags ready to join the team, but the 76ers actually told him, we're good, we're, we're going to pass this time around. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and see what uh, right. this situation is you know, ends up unfolding as, but the Clippers reportedly are taking a step back 
from trade talks. Now, as we know, James Harden adamantly wants to be traded to the Clippers, um, but the Clippers are not buying what the 76ers are trying to get. It is being reported it's two first-round picks and Terrence Mann. The, the Clippers, rather, said, nope, we're not doing that and have pulled back on trade talks. Yesterday, Woj did report that maybe they will re-engage later on in the season, but right now they are continuing with their season business as normal. So it looks like James Harden is going to be in a 76ers uniform for the foreseeable future. B-Flo, I'm going to start with you. What do you got? Man, first off, I just, I'm just glad your mom okay, James. Um... Yes, yeah, you know what? Good way to open that, yeah, people. Good, good, good for you. Good for you, Everything like that. that You're important with the well. team. You're showing up to play. But um, I, I think what the 76ers are doing here is basically they want to see what the energy like without them. You know, like they've been practicing. They have everything going to team chemistry a certain way. Mm -hmm. Opening day, I mean, they need him going to Milwaukee, but they just want to see what the vibe going to be like yeah. without James. Just in case, let's just say, they come out, they win this game with Milwaukee. They might be feeling like, yo, we will see what teams, like, call for you. Like, we mm -hmm. might not get what we want, but we don't want that guy in the locker room that's going to cause this, like, uneasiness, right? right? Like, you know when a guy in the locker room, like, and if he don't want to be there, it could trickle down right. to the younger players and it could mess up the vibe. Like, that's one thing I think they are trying to get out of the locker room in Philly, especially with, you know, Embiid. You don't want him, you don't want James coming on him and his, he unhappy and that can lead to other things. So they go see what his first game like and if they ball out, you can look to see Harden getting shipped out of there, I think, early. I, I, Milwaukee, I disagree. Milwaukee I think... is their season opener. Let me just clarify because there's a little bit of confusion there. Milwaukee is the 76ers season opener. The Clippers played last night. Mm -hmm. The Clippers are the team that James Harden wants to be traded to. They're also the team that has pulled back on trade talks. So... Just clarifying that, the Clippers season started yesterday. The 76ers season starts today. I'm still confused. 76ers season starts today. Clippers <laughs> season started yesterday. Um, I, I, I disagree with that, Brandon. Um, it reminds me of my situation in 2010 when I was trying to get out of Denver, right? Josh McDaniels came that. in. Yeah, remember <laughs> I punted the ball, did all of that. I remember that. That's, like, that's, that's equivalent to James Harden's fat suit in, in Houston, right? He's unhappy. And then obviously we've been heard, hearing everything, how he wants out and the things that he's been doing or not doing in Philly uh, these last couple of months. And so James Harden shows up to the facility with his bags. He's ready to go. That's right. a great sign, right? Think about that. This is James Harden saying, I ain't doing nothing. I don't trust Maury. And then all of a sudden he's ready to go, okay? That's and a then great the team, sign. and then the team, it's a great <laughs> sign. Let me tell you why. And I'm gonna put it, put the two uh, stories together. Okay. So then the team says, you know what? You stay behind, right? We're gonna go on this, these, on these next two games, and then we'll, we'll catch up with you down the road. Josh McDaniels came to me because I had a hoodie on, bro. You know, sitting in the back of the auditorium, I ain't taking no notes. They're installing a whole new system, whole new offense. I'm the guy. I'm sitting in the back. I'm holding in. What do they holding? That's what I'm doing. Right before the last preseason game, he comes to me, he says, Brandon, we want to get this deal done. I'm geeked up. I'm still trying to be tough. I'm like, well, let me go call my agent and see if that's still in the plans. Boy, I ran in the locker room, like, yo, they said they ready to pay me, right? So he's like, all right, cool, let me talk to him. He said, look, you stay back. All right, we're going to go to Seattle. You stay back. We're going to exchange paperwork throughout the weekend. We're going to get a deal done. And this deal is going to make you the, the richest... Denver Bronco in the history of this organization. More money than John Elway. 
Okay? So you stay back, get your mind right, and then we'll have a fresh start next week. That's what this reminds me of. That's this team coming together saying, look, you, you ready to go? Okay, well, stay back, get your mind right, and then we'll see you down the road. So I don't think this is, you know, uh, the team looking at, you know, let's see how we look without them. They know what they're going to look like. They're not going to be better. But mistake me if I'm wrong. Didn't Denver... They, did they pay you or they traded you right, right after that? Didn't Josh McDaniels? No, I had to go in that year. They didn't pay me. And that's what I'm saying. The, but, but, and also the reason why it's... When you say it's a good look, well, it's not. Because James Harden's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Let's, be, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. The season starts. He doesn't show up. The Clippers are not picking up the phone like, yo, James, come on, let's, let's make this happen. Let's They're not doing that. They've pulled back trade talks. What's your option? Sit out and not get paid? That's what like, I'm saying. Like, he's, he's not doing it because he's had, he's had an epiphany and he's like, you know what? I'm going to stay in Philly and I'm going to do the work. No, he's doing it because his hands are tied. I disagree. Like, he's doing it because his hands are tied. There's no other option for him. The There's option no is to sit out and not play. And not get paid? The, the, the option was don't come, to, don't come to the facility with your bags James and don't say you're ready to play. He's is not going to forego a paycheck. He's not going to forego a paycheck. It's just not going to happen. Okay. It's just not going to happen. What he said, money he loves, the, he loves the money more than he he loves his ego. I just Let's think he want to hoop. He like, I ain't practicing. I ain't in the building. I ain't trying to talk to nobody. It's time to go play. And Let's go. And again, what, what y'all gonna do? I'm gonna force y'all hand. Are y'all gonna let me play, or y'all gonna tell me? And this I think the fact that they're not letting him play speaks volumes. Because to your point, James Harden, when he's at his best, is an just an intricate part of any team. The problem is, is we don't see him at his best consistently, much like when we talk about an Anthony Davis. But I think that the 76 are saying, nah, we're good, is almost like, oh, you want to play games while your teammates are in the gym doing work and, and practicing and doing training camp and in the weight room right. and doing all that, and you want to go ahead and play a game of chicken with us? We're cool. You want to yeah. hoop? Okay, well, we're, we're good on you. And I think also this doesn't work in the favor of James Harden because now the only lasting memory that the Clippers or any other team that may be interested in making the move for him, although there's not any right now, um, the only thing that this is preventing is him from getting a new memory in people's, in people's minds, right? Because if James Harden goes out there against Milwaukee and has a phenomenal game, that's the lasting memory. That's the most recent memory. We talk about professional sports all the time. What is it? What have you done for me yep. lately, league? With James Harden not being able to play, the lasting memory is six points in, in a deciding game in the playoffs. I think, I think what everybody view Harden as is what they view him as, right? If, even if he go and drop 40 against Milwaukee, they, they, it's not, nothing going to change. Like, we know Harden can hoop. We know mm -hmm. he can hoop during a regular season. It's just a team is going to have to come in and say, we know we're going to get some ups, we're going to get some downs. But them ups that we get, we need, and that might can propel us to the postseason. Post and once we get to the postseason, we're just going to have to see what happens. If he doesn't perform, then we know that. But if we get his best, it's just a bonus. Yeah. I don't, I don't think if he go out there and drops 40, a team will be like, oh, yeah, that's the hard No, but I think right that it there. helps him in, in, the, in what he ultimately wants, and that's to get traded. I think that it speaks volumes that the 76ers are willing to potentially forego a game because if James Harden is not on the floor, you have to think that your potential to lose that game goes up. It says a lot. But that's that no different he's, than what Jonathan Taylor went through team. in football. What do you mean? Remember, he, I mean, they're going back and forth negotiating their contracts. He doesn't show up. 
Well, he does show up to uh, training camp. He does a hold-in, and they start the season without him, right? He says, oh, my back hurts. He flies to go do recovery somewhere else. I mean, we see this a, a lot where it gets to the season. Bosa. Bosa didn't get yeah. his deal done. And then he comes back week one, and they're like, all right, we're going to put you on a pitch count. So what we need to know is what does James Harden want now? He wants to be traded, okay. but he's not getting traded right now. Okay, so, so but what's I, plan but B, there's still James? leverage, but, that's, but I, I disagree with you there. Like, there's still leverage. The leverage what's is, the leverage? The leverage is do what other athletes have done in the past, including himself, and that's not show up. That's why that's that's what makes me believe that something may be shifting. But how does for that... him to come to the facility with bags? This is James Harden. Think about it, man. This dude, what he did to get out of Houston, he didn't have to get messy to get out of Brooklyn, but he made it uncomfortable internally. And this is think about everything he said, bro. This offseason, Ashley, think about it. This dude looked in the camera. He's in China. He looks in the camera and says, "I don't trust Daryl Morey. I will never play for Daryl Morey." That's what he said. But think about what you just said, though. You just said that he holds all the leverage. I didn't do say what, all the leverage. Well, he holds no, no. leverage. He has do, some leverage. Do what other athletes have done and not show up and not play. Okay, but you showed up with your bags, and the 76ers said, nah, fam, we're good. You not playing doesn't hurt them. They already told you they don't want you to play. Yeah, but, but, that, like, but we don't know what that... You're not, you're what, not what is the my sentiment? Feelings. That's why I told my story about uh, the Broncos because there were some people out there saying, well, why did they leave Brandon behind? They literally told me, we're going to pay you. We're going to work on a contract. I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're trying to pay James Harden now, but it, was, it, was a, it came from a good place. Yo, stay back, get your mind right, so when we come back Monday, we're going to have a fresh start. We can go kick ass. So we don't know what that means for, with Daryl Morey and the team talking about stay behind these last these next two games. All I'm saying is, is that if a team, if you show up to a team after just a contentious, just tumultuous situation for months leading up to the season, and you're James Harden, because we can say a lot about James Harden, but like I said, when he's at his, his best, he is a talent. You show up with your bags ready to play. You're, you got Milwaukee coming up as your yeah. season opener. Any team in their right mind would say, screw everything else. We need this guy. The fact that they looked him in the eyes and said, do not travel with That's, us. I don't give a damn if you don't play any more games. Like, sit out. Don't get right. paid. We're good did. either way. Like, they, they called us bluff. They, they did call us bluff. We'll I see. think Maury okay. was like, yo, you want to so call me So y'all mind out? readers. I mean, that's it's, kind it's, of my it's, gift. <laughs> I was trying to be humble about it, but that's my gift. I'm sorry. Be dead serious, dude. <laughs> Who told you that that was your gift? I mean, be different, bro. You are like, I, I, what am I thinking about right now? I mean, we got a show to do. I don't want to die there too deep, you know? No, listen, you like Kevin Gates. You know, we had Kevin Gates on the show. Kev, like, you know, there's something, you know, there's a story out there around Kevin Gates that there was a lady broke, broken down on the side of the road and, uh, her battery was dead. And he said... Like in the car? Yeah, and oh. he said, sit to the side. He touched it, grabbed it, boom, charged the car. You know, our body is made of... Like, <laughs> it is energy. Like, Ashley, he's still... I believe him. He right here. Why Stay right lie? here. This is... this. You believe our, that story, Brandon? I, yes, I believe that can happen. Yes. I believe it. Yes. We yeah, do have, we do have, we do have power within us, right? You think that Kevin Gates <laughs> yeah, I, charged listen, a that's car my... battery with his hand? Have you ever done anything in your life? Are you're you like, for real nobody's right going to believe this. Have you ever done that in your life? Have you ever had a situation in your life that was like, nobody's going to believe this? 
Yeah, so like if Brandon, that's my brother. If you that's think my that brother, I'ma believe I'ma believe my brother. I never did it. I've never okay. seen it. Okay. He got a gift. Okay. You ever shock somebody? That's what is that? That's electricity. You that's think energy. that a car battery Ashley, was you go flat <laughs> out dead. And this man said, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying all to say this. Come on, Brandon. I, all right, Use listen. common sense. Look, I <laughs> do believe it because he said it, and so for B to say he's a mind reader, I believe it. I'm, he's I different. You believe me, okay, bro. Listen, he's different. Before we move on to the Celtics, you know, last point on James Harden. I think it's safe to say that it's almost like the 76ers are essentially paying him to stay the hell away from the team at this point. It just okay. It it kind of just He'll feels be back like in two weeks. Yeah, maybe or a month. Maybe, maybe. You know, like when you know, like when like um, you give someone the silent treatment to just kind of make them feel the situation a little bit more, just a little, just a little torture them a little bit. Man, little, you, they can't do it for too long because he goes show no, up yeah. to the arena. At eventually, the home game they're both. Gonna, eventually, like, they're yo. both going to come to a fork in the road, and they're going to have to make a decision. And that decision is James come back, let bygones be bygones for the time being. I, I know we got to move on, but y'all are so missing it. Y'all, there's some people you just don't play with. You don't play with James Harden. You know that Gilbert Arenas shows up in the in the in the locker room. He got a whole thing on his <laughs> hip. Like there's some guys you just don't play with. You don't play with James Harden. So I don't think that's the case. Let's see. They can't play with him. He better be LeBron. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, we're going to talk some Celtics now. Listen, a uh, good start for the Boston Celtics last night as they took down my New York Knicks in a close game at Madison Square Garden. Porzingis made his presence be felt with 30 points and four blocks in the Celtics' debut. Boston is the betting co-favorite to win the NBA title this season with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um... What did the Celtics prove last night? I think for starters, this is the type of matchup that Porzingis is always going to shine in. I said that the issue for me with Porzingis is that when he has to face a team that has a Joel Embiid or a Giannis or a Bam Adebayo, um, that's where it's going to be a little bit of an issue for him down low. You would expect them that to use more Al Horford in that mm -hmm. situation because that's never been Porzingis' game. But New York's not a big, rough-and-tough team like right. that. So this is where he absolutely ate Madison Square Garden, obviously being his former home. He was drafted there by Phil Jackson. Um, what did y'all do? What did y'all do to him? He might have had a little bit of a vendetta against him. When I was watching this us. game, when I was watching this game last night, that's the first thing I thought about. Yo, like, nobody is believing in him. And it's like, he's in a worse situation than Anthony Davis. Like, bro, we know you're not going to be healthy. But he came out, dropped 30. But Ashley, the big three that he hit. That dagger. Because yeah. I was pulling for the Knicks because of the situation we yesterday. We were close. Um, I think, honestly, the game was lost for the Knicks in free throws. 12 missed free throws. Those are points left on it the table. It was him. Point. Well, you have to do the math. I know, I know what you're saying. The Knicks win the game. Yes, I know. But what I'm talking about, to like, he was the difference maker. And who would have thought yeah. opening night he would have been a difference maker? That big three that he hit, that was a dagger. And then those free throws down. I'm like, Ashley, yeah. what did y'all do to him? Um, <laughs> seriously, in the first quarter, he came out like it was. Yo. It was a little bit of a contentious relationship with Port. It was Ooh. very weird because Porzingis was a player that got to the Knicks. A lot of people didn't really understand what Phil Jackson was doing. He got you know coined the unicorn while he was in a Knicks jersey, but his his tenure there was plagued by a bunch of different things. One being injury. So you never really saw the Porzingis in, you know in full throttle that you could it was hurt. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like, in New York's a tough market. If you don't show signs of life quickly, 
they'll turn against you very, very quickly. So the fans are, I want to say 50-50. There are some Knicks fans who genuinely loved Porzingis, and then there are some Knicks fans who just could not stand him. Maybe he took that personal, and he decided to come back to Madison Square Garden looking Beautiful. for revenge. I don't know. Beautiful. But again, the game for me was lost in free throws. 12 free throws left on the table. Um, I think that the Knicks hit those free throws. They obviously, mathematically, I think that they win the game. That was the biggest factor for me because they were in it the entire basketball game at one point in the third quarter actually leading the Celtics. But you cannot leave 12 free points just well, on the floor. There's, there's, look, numbers can tell any story we want them to tell, right? We can do whatever we want with numbers. So, I, I, you know, I, I can see how that, that stood out to you. For me, it's just like y'all had it. Right, and we I was were, rooting we were because close. of y'all situation it. yesterday. You thought you the Knicks didn't did... even have a chance. I'm sorry. And I I'm came... sorry. What? <laughs> what do you mean we didn't have they it? And what part of that it. game did you not think that we had it? Because they came out with such a dominant lead what? in the third quarter. We are leading. Like, if you're that dominant, you should have kept your foot on the gas the entire game. But the Knicks the took it from them. Boston went up. I was in the group text like, yo, this going to be a blowout. They let their foot off the gas, gave New York <laughs> some life. And then, I mean... Gave us life? Gave y'all life. <laughs> Did you see the, the run the we game, went on in the third quarter? They didn't give us anything. At the end of the game, they had to let y'all know who top dogs was. But I will say this. The, okay. Knicks, the Knicks are a good basketball team, right? Y'all third in the East. Oh, you got I'll them say. third? I got wow. them third. I got them ahead of the 76ers just because we don't know what the right, heart and thing right. is doing, right? So they are third, and that takes me back to why you said you won't trade everything for Embiid, because y'all got pieces. Right. Uh, Barrett looked good. Right. Quickly. Yeah. Ooh. Yo, they, 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 I they would love to see get more minutes. Truthfully. Ashley, I, I got to give you, well, I'm going to give you a baby flyer, because, you know, still, it's what? We got 81 more games, to B's point. When I saw them boys balling last night, I was like, damn, Ashley might be right. Because yeah. I said trade everybody. Yeah. I'm they like, trade good. everybody. They but I'm like, good. yo, Quickly was, ooh. Yeah, I would absolutely love to see Quickly get more minutes and this year. Going, they, they was battling. They was battling with uh, Boston. But one, with two, one, Holiday, Holiday there, like, it shows, like, they can defend on the perimeter. Porzingis had a couple blocks. Like, I love the right. way Boston looked. And then in Porzingis' interview, he was just like, yo, I'm going to play on both sides of the floor. It's not just going to be offensively. It's just going to be defensively, too. So just the fact that they got that mental awareness, like, we're going to be a complete team. Boston mm -hmm. always had guys that can hoop, but add Porzingis that can get you 15 and playing both ends of the floor. Like you said, we got to see how he going to play against mm -hmm. Embiid and those guys. But now, nah, right now, Boston, they kind of interesting. I can't wait to see Milwaukee play tonight so we can see, like, well I mean, well, speaking of Milwaukee, listen, what are we expecting to see from uh, Freaky Time or Freak Time, as they like to call themselves? Of course, I'm talking about Dame and Giannis, um, you know, when they battle Philly tonight. What are we expecting? I, I don't like the name. I don't you don't like it, the name Freak Time? I don't want to Freak Time. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Not... <laughs> freaky Time, Freak Time. You don't like that? <laughs> nah, I'm just going to call them by their name. Okay. I'm going to let you go at Freak Time. Not, listen, I think it's going to be cool to see Dame in a new uh, uniform. Uh, so that's going to be cool. I'm not expecting them to be in mid-season form uh, in the first in the first game. Yeah. You know, Philly. I'm not expecting much from Philly because this is a team in disarray with James Hart, that James Harden situation. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, the Bucks. We know that they're contenders. We know what they're playing for, right? So this is a this is going to be a, a long season for them. The 76ers. It's like what you said. Are they third in the Eastern Conference? Are they, they, they fourth, they fifth, right? We don't know what this team is going to be.
Joel Embiid, though, I think he's going he's going to show up. But I'm not I'm not really excited about this yeah, game. If I'm I being disagree. Honest. I disagree. When you said Milwaukee not going to be in midseason form, they got a chance. They had a chance to look back and see everybody play, right? But they just got Har uh, Hill uh, Dame Lillard. Yeah, but Dame is a hooper. Like he's not a guy that's going to have to warm up to a team, right? Like he's going to play. He's going to hold the perimeter down. It's not going to be like if Steph and Clay just joined each other. Right, they right, both right, got to right. shoot their shots and. Nah, Dame gonna stay on the perimeter. Giannis getting to the rim. They gonna have space. Middleton just gonna be that guy where it's just like, yo, when y'all need me, I'm gonna give you a quiet 17. Right, right. right. Brooke Lopez, when they spreading the floor out and everybody collapsing, he gonna sit in the corner, hit his tray balls from the corner in the top of the Mid key. I just think these guys, like you know, Portis come in, he gonna give you buckets. They gonna be in midseason form. They mm. seen everybody ball, everybody get their flowers, everybody get their hype. Like, they go come in and put on a show tonight. Um, I definitely think it's going to take some time for the Bucks to establish some chemistry. We've seen this story before, time and time again. Um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It is going to be something that's going to take a couple of games, maybe a month to really start a seeing month? it. Mm, I want to, maybe a couple, maybe three weeks, three and a half weeks. You're going to see, because they're so talented, they'll be able to win. But you'll see the difference when they're playing together as individuals and when they're playing together as a tandem you'll see that start to happen in a few it's not going to happen overnight mm. it's going to it's going to take about three weeks i'll say but um we do have stack in the building with us i know that we were waiting to get him on the show he is finally here there he goes coming live from his department store aka his closet what up stack brought <laughs> it out what's up fam how y'all doing I'm doing well. Listen, um, Hold on, before we go on, sorry, Ashley, okay, I okay. gotta say this, bro. So I was watching all the smoke yesterday with Coach. I think y'all just dropped a new episode. You had the glasses, the the the, the light glasses. Can we throw a stack up there where you can see them? No, bro. I'm being honest. Listen, I don't know what you. I I ain't gonna start here because I, it's not even funny. I'm being real, bro. You look good, bro. You look amazing, dog. Like your skin, you know, that's why I said I didn't want to get into the whole skin. See, you see, you laughing at me. I'm seeing you, I'm like, look at my brother. Bro, what's up, bro? How you really feeling, for real? Hey, hey man, I appreciate you, bro, man. I, uh, I'm good, man. I'm blessed, man. I'm still here, you know, with all of, with everything that's going on around this world, man. You know, my mm -hmm. family's healthy. Uh, I'm in a good position to be on, this, on the show with y'all and still do have some things going on in life, so. I ain't got no complaints, man. You know, I've been to, I've been, I come from a, a, a rough upbringing. So anything while I'm above ground and, and able to provide for the people I love, I'm good, bro. But I appreciate the compliments, bro. No, seriously, before the show's, the show in Woo, let's pull the, the clip or a photo of it. Like, bro's skin look amazing. I don't know if he's using Fenty. I don't know what he's doing. You know he's he not glowing. Using, he drinking more water. Like, not, look, at, look at the smell. Look at the smell. I can, look at I, can, I can tell you for a fact he's not washing his face with hot water and soap. Oh, I, I started my skin skincare routine three weeks ago. Oh, Did you? God. What are you using? Um, I'll show you. Like, it's, it's a black lady. Her name is like Sando or something. It's a little uh, cream bottle. I'll show it to you. Okay. Yeah. Brandon yeah, the people was a, told me I, Brandon was notorious for uh, using hot water and yeah. soap. Body soap. My skin started breaking out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm, getting, I'm about to yeah. turn 40. I got to get right. Between that, chewing his fingernails and using them as toothpicks, or going to the bathroom and not washing his hands, his hygiene is all over the place, Stack. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying. He's a work in progress. You know, he, his life has been nothing but football. He doesn't know what it's like to, you know, live in civilization like the rest of us. 
You know? <laughs> you ever seen Jumanji? <laughs> yeah. Remember when Robin Williams came out of the jungle from the game and he didn't know what the hell was going on in the 90s? That's Brandon leaving the football world. He has no idea what the you hell is going it, on in civilization. It's a marathon. I am, bro. Like, I'm starting to get manicures, pedicures. I'm starting to wash my yeah, hands. Yeah, you got to do all that. <laughs> yeah. You got to do all that. I, I can't even I'm starting to wash my hands. I walk in the studio. Once I heard that, I was like, bro, I don't know if I can give you a dab, towel, hug, anything, bro. But it's cool. You working on What was the excuse? You hey, believe- gave us to not washing your hands. You said it's because your situation is clean down no, there. No, no, no. I'm saying no. That was a whole nother thing. Basically, we were talking about like right now. If I got to go to the bathroom, boom, I'm a, I'm a going to the bathroom. I got to be back here. We live. I might not wash my hands in that situation. Bro, That's what I was saying. Five seconds. That's all we said. It's five seconds to wash. Five your hands. seconds. It's real quick. It don't, it don't. Don't take long at all. <laughs> all Stack, right. before we dive into some football, um, James Harden returning to the Philadelphia 76ers, but the team actually told him, you know what, we're good right now. What do you make of that? You know, I think they doing the right thing. You know, um, you can't come back when you want to. As much as I like for players to, to control the narrative and do what they want with teams, you know, at, at some point, the team has to do the same thing, you know, and you're not around and, you, and you're trying to hold your nuts on us and just say you're going to come when you want to. That ain't going to fly, you know, with professional teams, especially when you ain't just been producing like that. Your team didn't just come off no championship mm. run. So you so you don't really have have have, have the, the, the game and the proof to stand on what James doing. But um, the, the team is doing the right thing. You can't just show up when you want to like. You want to be traded? Just stay away till we trade you. You know, and, you know, you made this bed. You're going to lose this money. You decided to stay away, so deal with the bed you made. And uh, Boston Celtics, New York Knicks. My Knicks held on as long as they could. 12 free throws, missed free throws, sealed their fate. I mean, what did you make of that game and specifically how the Knicks were able to hang in that game with the Boston Celtics, who are one of the favorites to win the finals this year? Yeah, for the, fir- for the first game of the season, both teams look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what what I took away from the game is if KP can play like that all year, Boston is going to be a problem for everybody. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people said, how was he going to fit in this role? What was he going to do offensively and defensively? Where Porzingis played and showed up like he like he can play. And if, if he plays like that all season, Boston is going to be a major problem for the league. Did, I mean, but do you think that's going to happen? What's the chances of that happening? KP? I think if he's I think if he stays healthy, B, he can be consistent with it because you have so you have so many other guys. You know, your, your two-star guys take up so much attention on the court with Tatum and Brown. And even with Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday's IQ is so high, he's going to take up a lot of attention. So if he can just be that guy floating around, you know, getting those little tip-in dunks, wide-open threes and spotting up like that, that can be real scary for everybody because now you don't, you're not really depending on Al Horford to do so much offensively. Right. He can use more of his, his uh, energy on the defensive end, which they need. Yeah, well, yeah, Al's what, about to turn 50. Al's For me, 80 in, in basketball <laughs> yeah, years. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right but, that, but that, that's a great point. Um, watching this game last night, bro, I was shocked at how amazing the Knicks look. So my question for you is, how much of last night was about the Celtics or the Knicks? Well, I think it was more about, really, for both teams, being at the first game of the season. You know how hype you are for that first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And then your first game is in New York. You know, like, I, I think both teams were hyped for that first game. Um, the Knicks' core is more, uh, I say, more together from last year, from playing together. Right. So I, I, I think they look more familiar than they, you know, than, than they looked last year. But Boston is the team that you're really still trying to figure out their identity with those new players. But 
Um, the Knicks look like the Knicks. You know, they're going to compete. They're going to play well. We're just going to see how many mm. W's, you know, they're going to get this year. Because they're always going to be in games. They got some hard-playing guys. They got a tough-nosed coach. So they're going to be in games. But can they win them? Now, I mean, given Al Harford's age, Chris Sapp Porzinga's reputation for not being able to see a full season, 50, 60 games seems to be his sweet spot. You know, the Celtics traded away Robert Williams, who also dealt with a lot of injury, but he was somebody who could really battle down low with some of the bigger guys in the league. Do you think that the Celtics will still need to find a player like a DeMarcus Cousins, for example, who is strictly just that enforcer down low for those bigger matchups. I mean, it's so many guys. It's so many guys that's out there. You, you said the D key guy. I mean, I don't understand why he's not in the league on anybody's team. True that. You know, right now to to, to help a roster. So uh, DeMarcus Cousins would be uh, perfect for that situation, man, because you know you you're gonna need that toughness. You know, like you said, Al, Al Harford is tough. But he's also a professional, and he's you know people respect him in a certain way. A guy like Boogie, he's just a dog. He's gonna dominate on both ends. He still can play at a high level, as as we've seen this summer in playing in Puerto Rico and in the summertime, and 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 he's somebody that's that's going to demand uh, respect in that paint, and they and they're going to need that. You right, sis. You you couldn't have said a better name than Demarcus Cousins. All right. Well, listen, I'm a big fan of Boogie. Get Boogie in the lead, man. Ashley, what happened? I, I don't know why my brain works this way. I was about to get messy. I had my head down. I was listening to Stack, and then y'all talk about the guy that should be in the league. The first thing I thought about was Dwight Howard, but we can move on. I know. I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to, Oh, my goodness. Um, what's the sound? Where's the sound coming from? <laughs> hey, hey, Stack, I do got a question hey. for you, though. Wait, we, we, oh, we, we got an echo? Oh, okay, Stack, there go. I, I do got a question man, for you. Man, that was funny. What, what do you see the Knicks at in the East, being that hard and, and uh, the 76ers are where they are? We don't know how long he going to be out. Could be a week, well, we, could be a month. Okay, last you point know? on this, go ahead. So yeah, like, what do you see the Knicks at in the East? I see the Knicks in that 4 or 5 range. Yeah, I see Knicks. I I, I I can see them in that four or five range because they're they, they're they're a hard nosed team that's gonna play hard every night. It's a lot of teams that don't play hard every night because they feel like they got the talent, or you know they they they're, they're playing to put themselves in a certain position at the end of the season, saving guys, all kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> one thing about the Knicks, they're gonna play every night. So I can see them being around that four or five. Uh, range by, 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 by the end of the season come playoff time. Mm, I can see that. Dwight, all jokes. Brandon didn't mean it. Um, what? Oh, he didn't mean it. <laughs> you mean me about the way? I ain't say nothing funny, but like it is a situation. Okay. Um... <laughs> it is a situation. It is a situation. You got caught it. up in a situation ship. I just learned what a situation ship is. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, yeah, I'm fresh in these streets. No, I don't not. know what these young girls talk about situation ships. I'm like, do you know what a situation ship is? I kind of do know what a situation ship is. I just I learned. The white's in one, too. Situation ship. I don't think what he's in is considered a situation ship. What is that? A situation ship and what Dwight's in are drastically different things. <laughs> like, entanglement? <laughs> I don't even think it's an entanglement. Yeah, I'm just staying away from it. It's just there's a lot going on. He's 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 got some things going on. We wish him the very yeah, best. Best man, of luck, Dwight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about fantasies. All right, Brandon. <laughs> that boy, that boy living life. Ah. <laughs> Yo, but for real though, you know what you, what I can appreciate, and we can move on. Let me tell you what I can appreciate. How many of us, for real, for real though, like 
We all, you know, when you dating somebody or you with somebody, you always ask them the question. It's like, yo, what's your fantasy? Or the, the, the ones that's comfortable and mm. secure, what's your fantasy? Some of us may not like what we going here, right? So, like, how many of us really play out our fantasies? Can't you appreciate? Have you ever played out your fantasy? Yeah, but okay, like, he is just my public. You actually, I just want to go ahead and, and, and disclaimer whatever it is that you were into, there's absolutely nothing that's wrong right. with yeah, that. Sure. I want to make sure yeah. that, that that's not the comedy of the story whatsoever. No, that's right, that's um, right. You know, that's whatever right. it is that you, you know, love is love, that is definitely <laughs> not what Brandon is laughing at. I just want to make sure that is yes. very, very clear. And y'all, um, y'all should, I know there's some people that, yes, thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. You. I just wanted to give yeah, you that. Yeah, Y'all know what I'm laughing at. Y'all know what I'm laughing at. Y'all know what I'm laughing at. All right, let's, let's talk some I football. I am laughing. Please. <laughs> Please let's talk football. Please, right let's now. Let's talk some football. We got, Brandon has the entire crew laughing right now. It's just, all right. Um, some major NFL matchups this week on, on the slate. We're going to dive into that. We got the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. Matthew Stafford or Dak Prescott? Who you going with? Go ahead, b -Flo. I'm going with Dak. Uh, Dallas like about that. to make their run. Dallas getting ready to make their run. They should beat the Rams, right? This is a team they go go out there and play well against. And this is going to jumpstart this little run they go go on that's going to send some shotwaves through the NFL. So... I'm going with that. You let, already let know who I'm going garbage. with. How about him, Cowboys? <laughs> QB1, Dak Prescott. Our turnaround starts and continues on Sunday. I'm going with my Cowboys. I'm going with Dak Prescott. Staff, I already know you on the same side I am, but let them know who you have. This question has to be rhetorical, but sis, you already know. Dak Prescott all day. Texas boys. You believe? Is this the year, Stack? Every year is our year. <laughs> See, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, every year can't be the Cowboys year. Why? Like, Why? Can y'all at least just strive to get to the NFC no, championship? No, no, no. Wait, wait. Like, What's your yeah. issue with our positivity and optimism and manifestation of the bigger no, picture? Like, don't, 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 don't look at that. He really believes y'all can win the Super Bowl probably Don't be every upset year. with us because our standard every year is to win the championship. That should be every organization's standard. Boom. It may, it may not happen. <laughs> even the worst team in the league, even the worst team in the league comes into the NBA thinking they can make the playoffs when they, we know damn well they're not going to make it, right? <laughs> so the attitude has to be championship or bust. It's just that our fans believe that. You know what I'm saying? Not just our team. Our fans believe it, too. See, I think it's a difference from saying, like, man, I want to win a Super Bowl this year. Like, and then saying, we are going <laughs> to win a Super problem. Bowl this year. That's your like, problem right there, is your tongue <laughs> is a powerful weapon. And what you speak is what will be. And if I say we are going to the Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. We are going to the Super Bowl. It may not happen that year or the year after, but eventually it will happen because the universe eventually. will give us what we are asking for. 20 years and count. Guys, listen, this is, this is going to be a tough game. Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. Um, the Rams is a team that we didn't think was going to perform the way they've been performing. Now, the record doesn't show, you know, they're three and four, but they lose to the 49ers week two. They lose to the Bengals, who just got back on track. They lose to the Eagles. They lose to the Steelers, who's playing exceptionally well as well. As, you know, at, right now, they're four and two. This game is going to say, tell us a lot about the Dallas Cowboys. I want to go with the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm afraid that the Rams is going to come with it. You got Puka who is Rookie of the Week again. You got your boy out there, uh, uh, 
uh, Cooper Cup. He's getting in the rhythm. I think this is Matthew Stafford's. This is Matthew Stafford. I'm going with Stat. Boo! You're going with Stafford. 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 Yeah, I'm going with Stafford. All right, let's Stafford. go. To, let's mm. go with another matchup quickly. We got uh, Joe Burrow, Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy may or may not be the starting quarterback. He is in concussion protocol right now. We are finding out. We are going to find out whether it will him be him or Sam Darnold, who is the 49ers. Oh, come on now. Hold <laughs> on, sis. Hold on. So you have two bad games in a row. Now you in concussion. Oh, okay, I get it. He finished I get the game it. in there. Yeah, I get it. Okay. I see, get it. See, I but, get but it. you wasn't on the show, right? We was working on your audio, but that's how I felt about, dang, this is going to sound so bad. This, that's what I felt with the James Harden thing. It's like, yeah, we finessing. Can we be? And that's how I felt with Brock Purdy. Like, you have a bad game. Now you're in concussion protocol. Like it's the difference is is you said that James Harden may potentially be the linebacker. I didn't say any of that. No, I didn't. Brock that. Purdy literally got a concussion in the game. We can visually see it. Like I, I don't know if those are the same thing. Did he finish the game? I thought he finished. He did finish the game. Oh, he did finish the game. He did finish the game. Who are you going with, Purdy or Burrow? Both guys. He walked to the locker room and drove home perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Both guys are dealing with some issues. Obviously, the Bengals have not been playing to the standard that we have expected, um, at least expected going into the season. Brock Purdy had two costly interceptions in the last game, both in the fourth quarter. One being game decided. Like I mentioned, he is in concussion protocol. Who you going with, though? I'm going with Burrow. I think uh, Burrow is going to be that guy that's going to get it back on track. As long as the season go on, Burrow will get better. We know who Burrow is, mm-hmm. right? And even the little minor injuries he got, he's going to learn how to play through them and navigate through them. So I'm going Burrow. I don't, I, I'm not trusting Purdy too much right, right. now, man. Him talk oh, about coming up. top ten, right? I, yeah, I did mm-hmm. have him in there, but <laughs> overreaction. That's all it was. But, yeah, with, with uh, Purdy, with him coming off the concussion protocol, nah, he would be scared to get hit, so I don't trust him back there. I'm I going mean, if he Joe has a Burr, concussion. I'm going Joe Burrow as well. Um, I just trust him a lot more than I trust Brock Purdy, and maybe I'm also bitter towards the 49ers, so that's possibly a reason as well. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Who you got, Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Joe Burrow. Um, we know this team is special. We know Joe Burrow is special. I don't know what the hell was happening this uh, this offseason and, and how they started this year. I mean, the dude had, like, 89 yards in the first week and then another 105 or 20 uh, in, the, in week two. But these last two games, they go up to uh, Arizona. They beat them 34-20. They play against the Seattle, a, a really good Seattle Seahawks team. They beat them 17-13. to Like, the question is, are they back? And I and I and I would say uh, yes. So I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow's different. Like Joe yeah. Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. I mean, we're talking about is he the best quarterback in the NFL? This is not even even this is not even close. And I do believe in uh, Brock Purdy. I don't I, I don't know about this concussion though. Yeah, but I, I believe in him. Stack, who you got? I'm definitely going Joe Burrow because it's not gonna be Purdy for the 49ers for the rest of the year. You did. <laughs> Listen, before we let Brandon go, he's going to be leaving the show a little bit. He's going to Turks and Caicos. No, um, I'm not. I'm so- going to Atlanta. I'm about to pull up on staff. Oh, I pull heard, up. I heard you were going to Turks pull and Caicos. Up. For real? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, what I'm I heard. Co- I'm, I'm, I'm cooking oxtails and uh, brisket probably the day or tomorrow, so let me know. All right, bet. I, I, I don't eat any meat, so I'm just... Oh, pause. Uh, 
in three hours in the strip club. But I'm young, oh, bro. It. Yeah, I'm young. No, I spent more than five thousand. I ain't even throwing my money. Uh, uh, nah, Pat, I ain't one song Pat, though. Pack, pack, and Tish had to teach me how to throw money a couple months ago. Listen, I spent. I ain't know how to do I it. I spent ten thousand dollars every Monday night for ten years straight. Come on, and I matched you too. That's no. You wanna cap. say that again? I spent ten thousand dollars every, every Monday. Monday night in Magic no City for years straight. No bullshit. No uh, bullshit. For bro. ten years straight. Four point eight. You, you, was it worth it? Hell yeah. That's a great question, too. My finance advisor will be on my line. Oh, <laughs> Shady McCoy, man. Listen, if, if you want to be broke, keep doing that. <laughs> you know they talk to you. I mean, for me, yeah, it was worth it because it, it, it was a cultural movement. It wasn't about, it wasn't even about the, the dancers per se. It wasn't about me being this horny guy that wanted to see naked women, right? It wasn't about that. It was just about the actual cultural movement of what was actually happening. But I also play for Pete, so I know. So you feel? I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, bro. No, but we a nigga, a nigga, a nigga, we is. First hold thing on, hold on, so hold on. So, hold on. so that's Don't paint the picture. No, no, no. So right. that's first thing. Go with Beast Mode in the Super Bowl. Hold on, he didn't get the ball. And we throw a slant. I Take like six. the call though. I hate that. See, only a receiver. But you guess what? A, a receiver that guess what? Malcolm Beasley said, "Thank you, coach." That no, dumbass. Butler, Butler, Butler. Oh, yeah. Malcolm Beasley. Yeah, we talking Malcolm Beasley. Yeah, That's okay. my dog, Malcolm okay. Beasley. Okay. That's really my yeah. dog. Yeah, he made yeah, one big play. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't gonna do that. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So what? You never answered the question. I know why, bro. On. We know what I'm on. Like you said, though. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a football play. You feel what I'm talking about? No, no, money. Don't give me that. But the thing is, you feel me? Like I told you before, I'm humble. So a lot of people, when they hear that, they won't think that. When it comes to the play call, and that was this type of situation, I'm boiling. And the only thing I could do was think that I need to get in his face. Because, yeah, Pete. So then what happened is, you in that mindset of like, should have gave me the ball, should have gave me the ball, this, that, and the third. But then what it, what it let me do was, it really got me the opportunity to see how people really felt about me. So when I walk in that uh, that building, you feel me though, that was a level of respect for me. That was like the highest level of respect to the point where we at the, the peak of our careers, you feel me though, with the opportunity to go ahead and start a dynasty and then we fumbled the bag on the two yard line. And now it's, it's really helping you feel me with that business now them bills coming in and now people oh yeah man they should have gave you that ball <laughs> conversation started oh, okay well what kind of business you got you know I mean? oh i got this Ooh, oh, okay well yeah how, you know what i mean how i wiggle myself up in this little thing right here player but now it's just the you feel me the, the capitalizing well, welcome back to the show, everybody. Ashley Nicole Moss here, B-Flow. We got Stack in the building as well. Brandon is on his private jet to Turks and Caicos, probably right about now. Um, listen, on the topic of tunnel vision, we got to talk about the most hyped prospects since LeBron James, and that's Victor Wembayama. This is how he rolled up to his NBA debut. Let's check it out. Now, remember, he's 7'6", so this is a lot of man to dress. There he goes. Listen, I feel like this is short, simple, to the point. You know what I mean? All black, like the omen. Glasses, just 
just not doing too much, not doing too little. This is just, this is right about, you know, the lane, you First know? First day out, you know, like you said, kept it smooth, kept it simple, all black shades on, mean right. business. Right. Yeah, he, he was smooth. He was I smooth. liked it. What'd you think, Zach? This is kind of up your alley. Coming to work. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I'm ready to work. I ain't trying to do too much, not trying to do too little, you know? I'm just coming to work. I'm going to let my game do the talking, not my fashion. Well, listen, speaking of coming to work, Victor Wembayama last night, he made his NBA debut against the Dallas Mavericks, like I said. Now, 15 points, five boards, two assists, two steals, and a block in just 23 minutes. But Victor's first well. game, there it goes. And obviously, Wembayama central. I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, there you know, is we all know Pop is not just going to him out there. In the career. Have him trying to save the world and end up getting hurt. You know, Pop, Pop going to work him in and... and, and and then let him learn the game, let him crawl before he walk. And uh, I think that's smart by Popovich. Even though this kid is so talented, he still has to learn the physicalness of the NBA game. Uh, it's a long season. A lot of things happen. And he's, his, his young body's never experienced this. But his first showing was great um, um, for, the, for the team. And as you see, that they're going to need some more help on that team. Hopefully, they can get some more players to help them. But the upside of this kid is unbelievable. And obviously, yeah, listen, um, his debut obviously was spoiled by the Dallas the Mavericks because Luca was Luca. Listen, he another triple double to lead the Dallas Mavericks to a comeback and an absolute dagger in the final seconds of the game just to seal the fate of the San Antonio Spurs. But I mean, back to Victor real quick. I think what stood out to me is I personally have never seen a Spurs game that lit since, like, you know, the, the Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Ginobili, Tony Parker era. Stack, you know that era very well. You were part of that team. That's the last time I feel like San Antonio was jumping like that. I mean, it was an insane environment in San Antonio last night. Yeah, he got them back where they need to be. And like Stack said, like, Pop gonna do his job where he's gonna bring him along slow. He gonna have the mentors. He gonna bring Duncan in. He gonna bring Robinson and talk to him. I mean, they gonna nurture this guy, right? right? Not throw him in the fire. I think he's gonna put on some weight, you know, and he's smooth. Like, his game is just smooth. When he's taking his outside shots, he got a smooth stroke. You know, he, he is kind of frail on the inside. You've seen Williams kind of get him up out the paint a little bit. Right. But that's going to come with time. He's only 19, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. every year you can see that this guy going to get better and better. They're not going to put too much on him. They're going to let him mature how he should mature. Right. And I mean, Stack, one of the things that a lot of people were wondering, myself included, was how he was going to do this season with the transition from the European game to the American game. I mean, last night, it seemed like, and there were moments where maybe he was, you know, trying to figure the vibe out a little bit. But I mean, for his first debut, this was absolutely impressive for somebody who has been playing in France their entire life. I mean, what do you make of how he's going to make that transition? Uh, I, I think it's going to be fine. You know, I, I just think, um... He has to really pay attention and, and, and try to hone in on the the positions Pop want to put him in to be effective offensively, right? He, he's a, he's a, one of the tallest guys we've ever seen. So on defense, mm -hmm. just being there, he's going to change things by just being in the paint. But offensively, he has to really understand uh, the positions Pop going to put him in the score because he's not that strong right now. He, he doesn't understand the physicality of the game. So he has to really just pay attention to detail and really work on those positions that Pop put him in the score because that's that's really going to help him develop, with, especially with the Spurs because we know it's a, it's, it's a system-based team. And Pop always had two big guys that he could play through that knew how to make plays for other guys. Once he once once he starts to grow into that that 
little bit of Tim Duncan, but, but keep his own flair to being his own guy. Um, I think this kid can be real special, but he has to really pay, to pay attention to detail in the positions Pop put him in, because that's why Tim was so successful. Well, my biggest question is, is when we talk about Victor's size or lack thereof, ideally, how much weight do you think he actually has to put on? Would you say 20 pounds is the sweet spot, 20 pounds of muscle, obviously 25? Like, what would you feel is the sweet spot for him? Because we see someone like Kevin Durant. He is obviously taller than KD, but KD's never been a mass, uh, 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 you know, a muscular player. It works for his game. Not everybody's built like a LeBron James. So for Victor, where would you think that sweet spot for him is? I would say from 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Mm. At, at, at least 10, because, you know, he's a tall guy, and he's going to, as he play in the season and as he grows, gets older, he's going to naturally put on weight. So you don't you don't want you don't want the, to him to put on too much where you know he's still a kid so he's gonna he's gonna put on man weight in the next two years so by by ten by ten pounds of muscle I think that's all he really needs because I don't I, I don't want to affect the, his uh, athleticism that's a big part of who he is exactly he remind me of Giannis remember when Giannis first came in as a rookie he looked like a little kid and yeah. he's so frail and you gave Giannis mm -hmm. a couple years yeah. and he put that weight on him because Giannis knew but Giannis he needed was bigger that than him when he came into the league though but if you wise. see Gian Giannis now so much weight right, that he's right, right. put on like but I don't think Victor's gonna put on nah, not weight. on that yeah, much yeah. but just go like you said stack 10 maybe 15 pounds a month he just need a little bit to not get pushed out of the paint now listen we've been talking mm -hmm. about the fact that you know Wemby is the most hyped prospect since LeBron James do you feel like the Wemby hype is higher than LeBron or do you feel like LeBron is still the most hype prospect we've ever seen I'm gonna go with Braun I mean he called himself the king coming in right and mm -hmm. a part of the reason a lot of people hated on Braun was because he didn't bow down to Jordan right like he didn't say like hey I want to be like Mike I'm coming in and I'm being me like you know Kobe gave Mike his props so Kobe was beloved by everybody mm -hmm. Braun came in like yo I'm me I'm the king, and yeah, I know I want to be the face of the league. Y'all want me to be the face of the league, and I'm going to bring that. I think what Wimby doing with him just being so, I'm not going to say shy, but just laid back, right? He's just letting everybody build that up around him and him not coming out and making any kind of statements. I don't think the hype is as big because he's not adding on to it. Yeah, I mean, listen, LeBron did have a Nike contract fresh out of high school. He was dubbed the chosen one by my former uh, employer, Sports Illustrated, before he even stepped on an NBA court. So while I think that during the draft process, it was easy to maybe make those comparisons, I think in hindsight, and as we say, hindsight is 2020, I don't think it's even remotely close to the yeah. same. I don't know. Stack, are we off, or do you think there's similarities there? Uh, it's no similarities at all. What, what, the, the, the hype on Braun was set aside by none. You know, like people was, people was comparing him to being the best basketball player ever before he played an uh, NBA game. You know, we, we have high expectations for Wimbyama, but it's not even close. And I'll go even further. Y'all need to do, read, do uh, look at the documentary called Manchild of a kid named Shea Cotton. He was on Sports Illustrated in the ninth grade. Not, a, mm. not as a senior high school. In the ninth grade, he had Nike deals in the ninth grade. Damn. So I don't, I don't. He was bigger than Braun and Wimbyama. He was so big that he he didn't reach his expectations because of the ceiling was he reached the ceiling at at ninth tenth grade. You know what I mean? So it was no, it was it, he couldn't go higher, um, and he ended up getting hurt stuff like that. But the king is set alone. I think the expectation from LeBron is just is just is just one of a kind. Like you said, you call somebody the chosen one before they play an NBA game. 
that says a lot right there. Yeah, I mean, LeBron had TV crews at his high school. Like, Everybody ESPN was, was broadcasting high school games. You know what I mean? It was, it was, <laughs> you, had, you had Kobe Bryant and, and those guys actually going to his high school <laughs> to watch these games when they were in the area. It was a different type of mayhem. But on the other side about the Dallas Mavericks, there was a lot of question marks about them last year. How can Luka and Kyrie figure out how to play together? They're both guys who enjoy having the ball in their hand. They're both ball-dominant players. How are they going to go ahead and figure out how to coexist? Now that they have Grant Williams in the mix, that gives them a defensive edge. So, Stack, I mean, what did you make of the Dallas Mavericks last night? Is this a team that finally looks like they're figuring it out and can make a run in the West. Yeah, and then, and then you know, um, they got a great core of young guys that have some heart, and they played hard. As you see, the young guys made some big plays for them last night. And and and, 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 and Grant is, is just something they needed. They needed some toughness. You know, you needed somebody to, 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 to be the physical player and, and to take some of that pressure off of uh, Kyrie and Luka when somebody knocked them down. You got to have that physical presence. And I think the young guys on the team are, are giving them the energy they need. But it's just one game. But they look real good. And I think um, the, the, uh, the, the, the way that Kyrie compliments Luka, I think they're probably on the same page where Kyrie already knows it's Luka's team. But I think Luka's believing in him and knowing that he needs Kyrie to go to – he needs Kyrie to uh, play and be Kyrie the way we all know for them to get to the um, – and be the team they want to be come the end of the season. I agree. It's going to come down to rotation, right? Mm. Also, like mm -hmm. they got this whole season to get the young guys, like Stack said, involved. And just for the Mavericks to know who we, who are our guys in the moments, right? Mm -hmm. Who we going to have when the final three minutes, four minutes on the court? Who is it going to be in the second year? Am I going to leave Luka in with these guys, Kyrie in with these guys? So it's just going to be all about rotation to see how can they gel when they come postseason, when every possession matters, when it's not – Hey, you go ahead and do your thing, Kyrie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my thing, and mm -hmm. we just go go iso ball. Like, no, let's can just consistently just get this team involved because you got guys who can make plays, and like Grant Williams can sit in the corner and contribute with right. 12 points a game just hitting tray balls. Any issues, um, you know, I feel like they're one of the more undersized teams in the NBA. They remind me more of a, a structure like Golden State, a much smaller team, uh, you know, when you com in comparison to Milwaukee or to a Boston. Um, any concerns about that? Because I feel like small ball is great when it's great, but when it's not, you can drastically feel it. And when you're competing against teams that have drastic size, like a lot of these guys do, some of these teams are huge. Um, you know, it makes it a little bit harder to combat your inadequacies in the size department when you're going against a team that all they have is size. So, I mean, Stack, any concerns that they're one of the smaller teams in the NBA? Yes, it's, it's a gift and a curse, uh, sis. You're right about that because a smaller team, you have to be way more scrappy and you have to be way more efficient on offense. Uh, when you got when you got bigger guys, I think you can take more chances uh, on defense with, as far as your schemes because you always have somebody down there to protect the paint mm. and uh, the physicality comes into play. But a lot of times, smaller teams have to be a way more scrappier team. And they have to be more efficient on offense, like you're talking about, like Golden State. And I think that will fit Dallas because, you know, Kyrie and Luka, two of the most efficient players we've seen in a long time. So it could work for them, but, that, but coming down to the playoff system, as we all know, you're going to need a big man in there that can that you can throw the ball to to get some buckets for you. You're going to need a big man in there that can make him play and change the game. And I don't see them having that. So they're going to have to be that type of scrappy team because they don't have a Draymond Green over there. I got to say, and regarding Kyrie, like, 
We've seen him in Brooklyn, and, you know, that relationship became contentious in Boston. You know, like, I know he said he wanted to retire there. He wasn't going to retire there. Um, he looked unhappy. Even in Cleveland, after, you know, they won, he left that situation as well. But in Dallas, you know, I was somebody who was really wondering how the situation was going to work. I don't know if I necessarily believed that he was going to stay there. I thought that, you know, it was just a plan uh, B to get to plan A, which was to go and play with LeBron. But he looks happy in Dallas. Like, he looks like he genuinely enjoys being there and genuinely enjoys playing there, genuinely enjoys the guys that he plays with. And I can't help but wonder if it's because Mark Cuban gives him the freedom to just be Kyrie. And he said when Kyrie got there that he wasn't going to go ahead and try to shackle him and try to, you know, contain him, whether it was on the court, off the court, that Kyrie's one hell of a talent, but you kind of just got to let Kyrie be in order to get that talent from him um, night in and night out. And I feel like that ideology with Kyrie is almost what he's been craving in the NBA, I feel like his entire career is just an organization and owner that really just lets him be Kyrie, be, lets him be vocal, lets him, you know, he on his shoes, he said um, something, you know, you know, love to all the oppressed or free the oppressed. And it's just let just letting him be Kyrie. I mean, do you feel that when you watch him? Yeah, it's just some management and coaches that just get it. Right? right, they know they go get the best out of their players when they just allow them to be them. That's what Andy Reid does. He let guys come in. If you want to do this, just do that. As long right. as it's not a distraction on the court, you're doing your thing. And for a professional player, the best thing you can have is when you come in the building, you feel at home and you feel mm -hmm. welcome. You don't feel like nobody talking behind your back. They monitoring your every move and micromanaging every little thing you say. So for him to come in when he was just getting scrutinized and uh. And, uh, chastised. Yeah, like, chastised yeah. over there in New York, New Jersey. It's just, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air, right? And then his teammates accept, accepting him right now. It's just a good transition for him. And like you said, he looks happy, he looks relaxed, and he can just hoop. That's all he ever wanted. Even if he would have went over there with Braun, it would have been like, Kyrie and LeBron back, how they gonna make it work, who team is it? It's just like, I'm in a good place right now. It's almost like KD in Phoenix. It's like, he's just there, he enjoyed the vibe, and he just wanna hoop. Zach, do you see it just a calmer, just happier Kyrie in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. I mean, just it's similar to what y'all said. You got a coach that's a free thinker, and you got a point, a co uh, like Jason Kidd, you got to remember, Jason Kidd uh, dyed his hair blonde. You know, he's, he's one of those people that don't care about what people think, right? right? And Mark Cuban, we all know Mark Cuban has, has built, built something from the ground up, just believing in himself and being a free thinker. So... It, it works for him. You got everybody around you that understands we all have our personalities, but we know you're one of the best basketball players on the court, and that's all we ask you to do, right? And that and and nothing feels better. I don't care if it's basketball, football, doing what we're doing right now. Nothing feels better than working with someone or working for someone when you're feeling wanted, right? When when you when you feel appreciated and wanted there, you're gonna give your best, and I think that's the position he's in right now. Well, listen, time will tell um, if Kyrie continues to be happy in Dallas. I have a feeling that he will be. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. But I know who also was happy, and that is the Pelicans fans, because Zion is back and he made his debut last night. Um, he missed much of last season with a foot injury, but Zion had an impressive 23 points in 32 minutes with the Pelicans last night. Um, I think the biggest question with Zion Williamson has never been lack of talent. I think that anybody who watched him play at Duke, anybody who watched him play in the summer league, and even if you watched him in spurts during the M- his, his tenure in the NBA, you know that he is one talented, talented, talented basketball player. There's just been the injuries. There's been the off-the-court stuff. And then also it's been his weight. You know, can he maintain a healthy weight so that it may, you know, hopefully prevent certain injuries from happening? Does he have the discipline to maintain his weight? Um, first and foremost, I mean, Stack, starting with you, Zion looked great last night. How long can we expect this to last, fingers crossed? Listen, we didn't seen, uh, we didn't seen that before. Let's keep it real. We didn't <laughs> seen those highlights. We didn't seen him do all this stuff before. He's still overweight, mm-hmm. point blank. He's still overweight. Let's let we know we keep it funky on the show. Right. I love Zion. I'm high on Zion. I think I think he could possibly be one of the best players and the, the most dominant, one of the most dominant players in the paint if he can get his body together. But for but he is still overweight. I mean, even even on some of those dunks, the old Zion wasn't struggling. We're some of those two, some of those dunks, even the lob, like that ain't the old Zion catching that thing, cocking it back. And swinging on the rim and making it look super easy. A lot of those dunks like he was struggling a little bit. So for me, I've seen him dunk on people. I've seen those big plays. I've seen I've seen those plays that make everybody say, "Okay, that's the sign we all want to see." But we need to see it consistently. And I still don't think his weight is under control. Yeah, I mean, before we had this conversation on the show, um, you know, you guys said that you and Brandon were both kind of on the same page that maybe he's just a husky guy. This is kind of just his build. And I said that this is not the Zion we saw at Duke. We've seen him be a, he's never going to be like a Devin Booker type. He's always going to have some, you know, uh, uh, you know, husk to him, if you will. But much to Stack's point, and I said this, I want to say a couple of shows ago, he's still very much overweight. And my concern yes. is, is that the injuries that he has sustained are all lower body extremities. And the weight that your lower body has to use, the, the weight that your the strain that the weight is on his lower body is not going to help him 
bring back the amount of injuries that he's going to deal with in his career if he does not drop this weight. I mean, you look at like a Charles Barkley. I feel like Charles Barkley and Zion are similar in terms of weight struggle. I do think Zion is a lot buffer, if you will, than I feel like Charles mm -hmm. was in his prime. Like when he lost all the weight, he still looked it was a little bit more slim and trim. Zion's a bigger dude, but he, he's got to drop some pounds. Like, if he wants to sustain his career, he cannot continue playing like this. If it ain't happened now or happened yet, it's not going to happen. What do you mean? He's had foot injuries. He's had knee injuries. He's had... And he still is overweight, y'all feel, right? Like, what can happen to him now that's going to give him the light that's going to say, all right, right now, that's when I'm going to lose this weight? It's, it's not going to happen. We're just going to have to accept, like, this is who Zion is, and hopefully his game don't taper off. Yeah. The, the, the issue for me is, is why does something have to happen for you to know that you are not in the best shape that you possibly could be in? Like, why do you have to sustain an injury for you to say, oh, I should lose the weight? Why is it just not the way of thinking longevity? Why is it not thinking long-term? Like, I want to play this game until I'm 35 years old. I want to play this game until I'm 40 years old. In order to do that, I need to take care of my body. It's the same way I feel about John Morant in terms of how he plays the game. John needs to be less explosive and flipping upside down, work on his mid-range, work on his three-point to sustain his career. We saw what happened to Derrick Rose. We saw, we've seen the story before. When you think longevity, you have to start taking those precautions while you're young and set those habits. Like, I don't understand why something has to happen for him to lose weight. It's easier said than done. Every athlete don't have that mindset where it's like, I have to do everything to get myself right. He didn't have an OG in the locker room where it's like, hey, yo, young boy, this is what you need to do. I'm going to put you on my nutritionist, and this is how I was able to stay healthy for all these years. You need to do the same. He didn't have that. He came in as the face of the franchise. And for him, he like, i always been this size. i always played this way. I feel better playing this way. And when athletes get hurt sometimes, they don't think like how we think, scientifically, scientifically, where it's like, maybe my weight is the reason. Because how me and Brandon was talking the other day, if he never would have got hurt, nobody would have been mentioning his weight. That's not true. They would have just been like, he's a beast down low. Mm -hmm. He's explosive. You think if Zion would have never got hurt, they he's going mid to late, you know, in the Western Conference Finals. Say they made the Western Conference Finals and he just explosive and he balling. Everybody still go say his you, weight is an one, issue? One, he wouldn't have been because the weight would have affected his game it, it, like it did with Charles You can't Barkley. say like, that. Like, when he's healthy, he's balling. When he's healthy, but he's not... He's still... Over, you being healthy and being overweight are not, are not synonymous. Like, you can still be healthy and be overweight, if that makes sense. Like, he's, he's, he's learned how to exist within that space, but doesn't mean that he's at a good weight, if, that, if, if I'm making sense here. No, I, I, don't, th I, don't, I don't think he's healthy. I, I, think, he's still, I think he's still dealing with some, some, some uh, stuff with his back. I, I don't think he's 100% healthy. And, so, uh, and, and honestly, I don't think you, you can be 100% healthy at that weight. Mm. So, Stat, what you think it'll take for Zion for it to click for him that he need to lose weight if it ain't click yet? Well, you know, two things. One, he gonna have to want to do it. That's the main thing. I'm, he's gonna have to want to just say, okay, I have to drop this weight and see what it feels like and what my game feels like when I lose this weight. Or two, a change of scenery. You know, a lot of time, a lot of times for players, you know, they don't wake up until they get traded or until they go to, until they go somewhere where they didn't want to go. Now you have to realize, okay, I have to get back in control of my career. You know, so one of those two things could possibly happen to help him.
Well, I mean, you bring up a good point, Zach. That was my next question. I mean, the saga between Zion and New Orleans, I feel like, has been going on since he got drafted there. He didn't look overly mm -hmm. thrilled to get drafted there that day. Everyone thought he was going to the New York Knicks. When it ended up being the Pelicans, he did not look happy at all when he put that hat on his head. But since then, I mean, there's a lot that has transpired. Allegedly, family members have come out and said that Zion's just not happy there. He has no connection to the organization, the front office. He doesn't communicate with them. He's not really engaged with his teammates. He doesn't show up for certain things. Or when he does, he's disengaged. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about his future in New Orleans. Now, New Orleans also doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to star players. You think of Anthony Davis. You think of uh, Chris Paul. Obviously, they were a different name at mm -hmm. that point. You even think um, like a J.J. Redick, who may have not been a superstar, but he didn't have the best relationship with the organization. They have always shown that they fall short in some way, shape, or form. Does Zion need to get out of New Orleans to get a version of Zion that we're all talking about right now? Do you see that happening? I would like to see him play a full year in New Orleans first. Because mm -hmm. with Brandon okay. Ingram and everybody, they're trying to build a team around. If he can just stay healthy, they might have a squad there. And he can be happy. Like, when you're winning games and you're making playoff runs, you're going to be happy. But Are you? He, I, I think winning Does trumps winning everything. Does winning cure everything? I think it cures a lot. I mean, even if you're in a city that you don't enjoy, New Orleans is not a bad city at all. But let's just say you were in the Milwaukee and you winning like these guys are doing now. They like, I'll go to any city as long uh -huh. as we're winning and we're making a run. I don't think Zion liked the city because he's not playing the postseason. He is sitting on the side. And that deals, you deal with that mentally, right? You kind of like, I didn't want to get drafted here. I'm sitting on the side. I'm hurt. He just feels like he can't win right now. But if he get on the court and they make playoff runs and he see how electric that stadium can get, I think he'll be okay. Honestly. Zach, do you think that, I mean, to B-Flo's point, we haven't seen him really play a full season in New Orleans. Do you think that has prevented other teams from taking the Zion bait and saying, hey, you know, we want this guy because they haven't seen much of this guy? I mean, you see a lot of times where guys that, even superstars, where they don't be on team, I mean, they're on teams and they're not playing, but all of a sudden, the coach is playing him because they they want they they want to show other teams that he still can play, so he can be traded. So it's, you're exact you're exactly right. That's what they 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 can't do that. Like they want you want they want to see him play, uh, maybe half a season, right? And 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 if and if New Orleans is not nowhere near the playoffs come half the season, but Zion is balling, trust me, trade talk trade uh, talks will happen instantly. What's a team that you can see Zion on, you know, currently constructed right now? Obviously, a trade would remove some of the pieces, but without, you know, going into detail on what pieces would be traded for Zion, which team makes the most sense for him right now? Uh, for me, right off the top of my head, um, I would say he would benefit good either on a younger team like Sacramento or mm. Portland. Ooh. How you feel about that, Beefo? Would you would he want to go from New Orleans to Portland, though? That's the question. 
Because yeah. that's, I don't feel like that's same, much of an upgrade. Yeah, yeah, that's not much of an upgrade in terms of market. You, you know what? Zion always raved about New York, Madison Square Garden. That's where he wanted to go. Okay. Yeah. He might go to New yeah. York and he might will drop his weight. Like, yo, this is where I always wanted to be. Not Let's the home of the bacon, gone. egg, and cheese, the chopped <laughs> cheese, the halal, yeah. the dirty water dogs, uh, you know, that, the dumplings, that's Chinese food be. at 4 a.m., pizza. There's a Say lot of less. food in New York. <laughs> Listen, when a player yeah, is where he want to be, you never know. That could be the thing he need, like Stack mentioned before, like that change of scenery, and he's just happy. So New York would be dope, though. Yeah, New York would be. It would be a, a, a look for sure. Somebody said Atlanta. I don't think Zion in Atlanta would would be the best idea. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. He's a, you know he's he's a Southern boy. I, think I know, Atlanta but he. A, I know how yeah. much he loves Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if he should be in Atlanta. You know. Yeah, right. You know, if you really like Dallas for you know things off the court, Atlanta is that times a thousand. Like I think he should probably Facts. stay clear right, of, right, of right. Um, Atlanta. Maybe all the. Strip club capitals, if you will. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, yes. you know, there's, let's just stay clear of that. Um, listen, we're going to dive into the Miami Heat a little bit because I actually had a chance to sit down with Bam Adebayo at his charity basketball court um, unveiling. He donated a basketball court to a local homeless shelter in the area that actually is the only one in South Florida that keeps families together. So if, you know, you are in a tough predicament in your life and you and your family need a place to stay, this is a, um, a shelter that will keep all of you together, which is absolutely amazing. He did everything from handing out meals to donating a playground, unveiling a court. And I had the opportunity to speak about, you know, everything from his charity work to Damian Lillard to also getting back to the NBA Finals and some of his toughest players to guard. Listen to this. Hardest dudes to guard? Hardest dudes to guard. Uh... Obviously, you go Kevin Durant. Okay. You go Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh, I'll put. Hmm. Hey, this is tough. You don't have to be in uh, order. I know, they're not in order. Oh, okay. No, 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 no specific order. <laughs> no specific order. Uh, you can throw Luca in there. Wow. Okay. You can throw Luca in there. All right. Uh. Hmm, JT. That's and Jason Tatum, in case y'all didn't know. Yeah, my <laughs> man. Uh, and then you'll have to throw in for for the for the OGs of the league, Bron. Okay, Bron's still in the top five. Yeah. I respect it. Listen, if you guys want to see the rest of that conversation, head over to the I Am Athlete YouTube page and check it out. Um, I think that when we're talking about his top five toughest players to guard, he said KD, Luca. JT LeBron um, and he also said um, I feel like we're missing one KD Luca JT LeBron and I'm just drawing a blank on the last one right now but one name that he did not mention Jokic <laughs> are you surprised that he didn't mention Jokic uh, I'm not surprised mm -hmm. because a lot of people feel like Yoka isn't that hard to guard. It's just somehow he get to his spots on the floor and he's efficient, right? Mm -hmm. I played I played against players before where it's like, yo, he's not hard to guard. He's not shifty on this island. He's not tall. His catch radius ain't crazy. But for some reason, he just get first downs and he get touchdowns. I don't know Kyrie, how he do it. That was the name. It was Katie, Luca, Kyrie. There you go. JT. 
LeBron. That's the five. But yeah, I faced players that was all pro players that I didn't think was hard to guard, but for some reason, they came down with the ball, so I can see why he made that analogy. Staff, are you surprised? No Jokic, no, no two-time MVP reigning champ was on his list? I'm not surprised. He, he probably he probably didn't bust Bam ass a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, that's that, that, that's probably why they did it. I think they just beat him in the finals, didn't they? Right? If I'm not mistaken, right? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, they must have did something. Well, listen, I want to ask you as well, because going to, you know, let's circle the block. Let's go back in time, if you if we will. You know, let's, let's say we have a time machine, hot tub time machine, if you will. If you were still in the NBA today, who do you think your top five toughest players to guard would be? Me? Yeah. Um, I would have to say... One would be Steph, just because the way, because I, I I I guarded all five positions. A lot of people didn't. I guarded all five positions. Uh, I would say Steph. I would say LeBron, just because we've never seen a guy being able to dribble sh and shoot and and just be an athlete at six nine two sixty like that's. And I've actually guarded him. I had some good nights against everybody I guarded, but um, I would have to say. Um, Giannis for sure, just his energy, the way he plays, and uh, just how strong he is. Giannis would be a problem to guard. Embiid would be a problem to guard, and I would also say Jason Tatum. I just think his his Ooh, shiftiness Tatum. and Luka too. And I got to throw Luka in there too. Just, so no KD. Can you hear me? Yeah, no KD. So yeah, you said Steph, LeBron, Giannis, Embiid, and Tatum. No no KD in there. Uh, K KD is one of those people that I don't consider guardable. You just got to try to make him have a bad night. Like, gotcha. he's one of those guys you can't guard. You just got to hope he's off or just try to make it difficult for him. That's You can't guard him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. A lot of players say that when it comes to KD. Like, you can't guard him. It's well, just... it's because he can, he can play so many different aspects of the game and he can play from so many different positions on the court that I think it just makes him almost unstoppable to guard. Because when you're guarding a player that doesn't really have a weak spot mm -hmm. on the court, it's like, where do you get most of your stops from? You know, you have some guys who are really sweet, like a Devin Booker, for example. You know you cannot guard him in the mid-range. That's his bread and butter. But you can guard him in the three-point. You can guard him in the paint. You know, KD is like, corner is his angle. Three-point line is his angle. Paint is his angle. Like, he Pulling does not, have, he does not have a weak spot. Um, run through stats list one more time. I know you wrote it down. So he said Embiid, uh -huh. he said Giannis, uh -huh. he said Braun, uh -huh. he said Steph and Tatum. I'm surprised you didn't have Kyrie on your list, Zach. Yeah, Ky I, I got Kyrie in the same same place with KD. Like, you can't really stop them. You just got to hope they're having a bad night. You know, these guys can do everything. They can score from everywhere on the court. You don't, and It's only about eight or nine guys in the league that can score from every place on the court. It ain't ten guys that can score everywhere on the court. I put Kyrie in that place with KD. Like, you can't really stop him because they have so many counters. But KD, the only thing you, only chance you got with KD is you got to try to get his dribble. Go at the dribble. Try to get the ball while he's dribbling. Kyrie, your best bet is to try to affect the shot, but he has so many counters, he's going to get his shot off. Yeah, and, he, and Kyrie can finish at the basket with either hand over a defender, through a defender, so that makes sense. One of the best ball handlers, I think, of all time. So when you say, when you say KD, you also say Kyrie. They're a hybrid. They're like a two-for-one, two if you will. It's essentially the yes. same player. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. Listen, yes. we're going to dive into some quick reads to end off the show today. Um, we finally got what we've been asking for from the NBA when it comes to the All-Star draft format and just the All-Star game. They are going back to the classic East versus West. Thank you, Jesus, we've been asking <laughs> for this. I hated the format of just drafting players. Didn't matter what side they came on. Just make whatever team that you want. Um, the game will take place mid-February in Indianapolis. We got to work on the cities that we choose to have All-Star Weekend in. Um, Adam Silver, just want to put that out there. We go from Cleveland to Utah to Indianapolis, whereas the Super Bowl goes from L.A. to Arizona to Las Vegas. You see, you see what we're doing here? It's not a, it's not even <laughs> playing field, Adam. I'm just saying we gotta we gotta adjust this a little bit. Um, the interesting part about this, I feel like this time around, is for the longest, the West was always the side that you knew was going to win because that's where all the talent was. But I feel like the NBA now is so drastically different that the East actually, some may say, is the dominant coast in the NBA. It depends on who you ask. It depends on what you value. I still think the West has the East by a little bit of an edge, yeah. but um, a little bit. I mean, you got the reigning champs out there. You got Phoenix out there. You got mm. the Kings out there. You got the Mavericks out there. You got the Grizzlies out there. I still think a little bit of an edge, like this much, like a baby edge. Um, who do you think is going to take it this year? Who will have the better squad, right? Let me give you that. Now East that you or West? said that, the West, they're deeper. But, man, the East, when you go from Embiid at the five, you're talking about Giannis. He can play the three, four, whatever you want to do with him. Mm -hmm. You still got Dame, who go cook. You got Tatum, that's going to be in the backcourt. I mean, they got they got some heavy hitters on the East. Um, but that's just the starting lineup. When you start breaking up those squads on the West, man, they go, they're not just top heavy. They got a bench that's going to come in and do yeah. their thing. So, uh, I'm going to still stay the East, though. I'm still going, going there. I'm, the still, I'm still going with the East. Okay, Stack, who's going to have the better squad, East Coast or the West Coast? The West. It's not really? to me. To me, that yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got the West having the best squad. I mean, you, you can put a starting five of shit. Just, just say, Luca, Devin Booker, KD, Braun, and Jokic. Like, stop it. And that's better than Giannis, Embiid. Um, who I'm missing? Uh, you have Giannis, Embiid. You have Tatum. Tatum. You have, uh, let's go down the list Tatum here. and Dame in the backcourt. See, 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 yeah. yeah. see how hard, I mean, hard y'all thinking and how easy I came <laughs> up with my five? <laughs> and you still ain't mentioned Steph. Like, you right. I mean, that's why I said that's, the West That's what I'm deeper. saying. I, I forgot Steph. I forgot yeah. Kyrie. I forgot other people. Yeah, the West is deeper. AD. Would you guys like, say that in terms of bridging that gap, I feel like the East has come a long way. They used to be the stepbrother of the NBA. Now I feel like they're kind of the blood brother now. They're, they're getting closer. They're getting closer and closer. Um, how much longer do you think it's going to take? How many more drafts would you say? How many more years um, would you say that it's going to take the East to catch up to the West, if it ever will? Uh, I'm, well, it's, it actually changed in 2000. That's when it started changing. You remember the All-Star game? When Steph and, and, and uh, Steph Marbury and Allen Iverson were on the same team, and I think the Ulster game was in D.C., and the West the West had KG, Tim Duncan, all those big guys uh, all in the game at one time. Well, the East came back on Allen Iverson and Steph Marbury's back, 
and they won that game. And that's when the shift actually started. But before that, the West was just dominating all the time. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's still, like you said, the West is ahead of the East, but the, the East coming along. I mean, they making their headway. I don't think it's going to be that, you know, far off in the next four to five years. So we'll see. We'll see for sure. I mean, listen, I think that the biggest thing about the East, obviously, the weather's not as good as the West Coast, unless you're in Miami. Um, I think that, um, you know, one of the things also was there was on the East Coast, I feel like there was only a handful of teams that were constantly in the mix. The rest of them were just in disarray. But I think that now you're seeing more of these teams come together. For example, the Knicks were a team that nobody really wanted to go to. And I think that as they get better and better each and every year, they attract more and more free agents. That's the bigger, that's the biggest stage, I feel like, in basketball, in the world's most famous arena. Yes, the media is tough, but I think that when you play for the Knicks, there's a lot of opportunities that can come from that, just from being in such a huge market, being in such a basketball market, that it's no longer just Boston running it. It's no longer just Philly running it. Now, I mean, who would have thought that Milwaukee was going yeah. to be a team that people were actually actively wanting to watch constantly with Giannis. Now Dame's there. Miami is, you know, they might always have three all stars still... this year. Yeah, I mean, you still have teams like also Wizards trying to figure it out. Atlanta still trying to, you know, figure it out. Things like that. So it's a little bit of a. There's, it's, there's still work. It's a work in progress it's a little a bit, but progress. it's getting there. Yeah, because if you look at it essentially, the West has superstars and the East pretty much have stars, if you right. want to say, right? But like you said, I, I like how you always try to throw your Knicks in there when you say So you're not going to say that the Knicks are a team that, uh, <laughs> that wasn't on people? You were trying here. to say that the Knicks weren't a team that once upon a time nobody wanted to play for, and now that the, they're in the playoffs, they're in the conversation, you know, they're winning basketball games, they're winning a lot of basketball games, that it's changed the perception of the New York Knicks for people. I'll believe it when I see it. How, what do you mean see it? We were in the playoffs last year. I mean, we I'm talking about, I'm talking about where top free agents want to come. After Melo, you can say Bronson, but if they're the mecca of basketball, and you're saying that they should be bringing oh, all mean, these players the in, like, that's when I'll say... Hey, New York back. All right, you're a hater. That's fine. <laughs> I got that. Let's um, tell the truth. Whatever. Listen, we're going to dive into some NFL before we close out the show because the cheetah might be missing some time, which is not a good thing. Big injury news from the NFL yesterday. It was revealed that Tyreek Hill missed practice because of a hip injury, casting doubt if he will be able to play against the Patriots, a division game on Sunday. Now, Hill hasn't missed a game since he was actually traded to Miami two years ago. That alone is impressive in the NFL to not miss a single game in two years. Um, Beefo, starting with you, the Dolphins offense would suffer, I feel like, a whole lot if Tyreek Hill is not in there. This is a big <laughs> deal, man. They top players can't keep dropping. I mean, last year, it was 6-0, 7-0 maybe when Tua got hurt, right? And then you seen a whole season just go to a watch. Before they went to Philly, Aitchin got hurt, right? And their offense wasn't as efficient as it should be because usually he get the boatload of the carries and he do his thing. Now you're taking Tyreek Hill out of the mix. It's just like the Dolphins can't keep taking these hits because they can't keep losing games like they did last year and try to get it back on track. So the thing is, with a guy like Tyreek Hill, you can't force a hip issue, right? For a wide receiver, like... He thrives off his explosiveness and on that island. So you got to have him healthy if you want a shot 
and you the Miami Dolphins. So you might got to sit him maybe two games just for him to come out right because a hip here, that'll nag him all year. And we know as players, when you get into December, November, late November when it's cold, that hip starts stiffening up. You don't want to get hit. You can't be explosive even if you want to. So Miami got to be careful with this one. Stack, I mean, how big of a deal is this if Tyreek Hill is not in? I mean, it is the Patriots, but we did see uh, the... What was the team that just lost to the... They just beat Buffalo. They just beat Buffalo. We did see yeah. the Buffalo Bills just lose to the New England Patriots, who came into that game 1-5. and five. Yeah. So that should have been a win for them. This could be an upset for the Dolphins if they don't have Tyreek Hill. How do you feel about it? You, let me ask y'all a question. Y'all don't think that the season he's having um, already, what, how many games? Seven games? The season he's having is seven games? Yeah, he's, seven uh, games in. What do y'all think that maybe they're trying to rest him against the team because this is a team that they probably count to win on? I, I could be wrong, but I don't think they rest him because this is a division game, mm. right? Like, this is a game where I know the Bills not playing good in the division right now. I mean, the Patriots are not playing good, but at the end of the day, Miami, man, they're trying to fight for, I mean, we think Kansas City go get the Baca. Kansas City, they just play well, consistently well. But mm -hmm. at this stage, at this point in time, like, they want to get home field advantage. So they don't have the ability to rest players right now because okay. if you okay. if you're lucky, you can play in Miami for the whole postseason. Them boys from Florida, they're not trying to go to these cold-weather cities. Like, they don't want to go and play in snowy weathers until they go to Kansas City in the AFC Championship mm -hmm. if they make it there. Mm -hmm. So I think every game count. I think with Mike McDaniels, they officer court, well, the head coach who is the officer coordinator, he need to keep this team in rhythm because they still haven't had Waddle in the mix, right? And regular mm -hmm. season are almost like the NBA and the NFL when it comes to rotation, just getting your chemistry right so you can be hitting on all cylinders when you get to the playoffs. So if he hurt even a little bit, yeah, you rest him. But if he can be out there and he can produce, you got to have him out there because you can't start losing yeah. games because in the NFL – we don't, we don't have 82 games. We only got 17 <laughs> weeks. Right. Was that shade? So, was right. that NBA shade? Nah, because <laughs> games don't matter sometimes. You can drop four or five games and not even blink in That's the true. NBA. And yeah. in the NFL, you lose three to four, like, you might be out of the mix. Well, I mean, we always talk about how deep the Miami Dolphins are and that they can sustain multiple hits and still be highly effective. We talked about that with the rookie, uh, Devonna Chain, who um, was has been out away from the team dealing with an injury. And in the Miami Dolphins, we keep talking about how deep they actually are, how they should be able to sustain certain things. Tyreek Hill is a different conversation. Yes, you have Robbie Anderson, yet, or Chosen Anderson, I'm sorry. Yes, you have other offensive weapons, but they're not Tyreek Hill. And also, just reading now, Jalen Waddle is also questionable. That's what I'm saying. Like, they haven't too many pieces that's sitting out, but Claypool, this your time. You in, you in Miami now, you got a different start. We know you can be explosive down the field. You got a big catch radius. Chosen Anderson, like, he haven't got his touches yet. Mm -hmm. He's solid. So, hopefully, these guys can show, you know, everybody why they, who they are, and they can make plays. Stack, I mean, looking at the Miami Dolphins, I think a lot of people have them as one of the teams that can go all the way this year or at least make a deep playoff run. If they fall to the... New England Patriots, who are sitting at two and five right now, that looks like they are just in complete disarray, even though they did get an upset over the Bills. Yes, you don't have Tyreek Hill, but shouldn't you still be able to beat a team like the New England Patriots without him? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I think. I think they're good enough to uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, that's that's why I had to pose that question. You know, are they just resting Tyreek for this game? Because this is the game that they should win. Um, they are the better team. But, you know, you have uh, you have to go out there and actually win the game. But, you know, I think if anybody was watching this game and they had to pick a team to win, they'll go with Miami easily. Well, listen, we're going to go ahead and, and wait and see um, what happens with this game. A lot of eyes will be on it for sure. But speaking of a lot of eyes, we're going to dive into some Thursday night football. Week 8 of the NFL season kicks off today when the Bills and the Bucks face off. Now, the Bucks are traveling north to face off against the struggling Buffalo Bills, fresh off of a last-second loss against the New England Patriots. Like I said, a massive upset as the Patriots came into that game 1-5. Now, Buffalo is favorited by nearly 10 points, which I think is probably the most fascinating part of this whole thing, considering the loss they had and just how inconsistent they have been this season. Um, the Bucks, on the other hand, Baker Mayfield's been keeping them in games. They're winning games. I think a lot of people, myself included, I am guilty, thought that this team was just not going to be a factor in any way, shape, or form in the, the post-Tom Brady area, at least not immediately. But Baker Mayfield said, joke is on you, girl. But, I mean, looking at this, do we think that the Bills will make this easy or are they going to make it hard for themselves, as usual? Listen, the Bills, this is a must win for them. Like, they've been dropping too many games consistently. A must and they, win. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, because they're in the AFC. Like, everybody in the AFC is starting to hit their niche and starting to compile wins. And you got a streaky team like Tampa. Well, I say a streaky quarterback like Baker, right? Baker can come out here and throw for maybe 350 if he want, you know? Um, Buffalo, they had some injuries on their defense. You don't know if Josh Allen and Diggs go be in sync. Yeah. I mean, this is a scary game for Buffalo because if they drop another one, now what? They're going to be, what, four and six? Like, they could be looking to be going from contender to not even making the playoffs. Contender or pretender. Um, Stack, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. B-Flow here says they're not as good as people think that they are that they're a team that a lot of the times just looks really good in the light, but when you get really up close to it, they're not as shiny, as bright as you thought that they were. Do you share those sentiments about the Buffalo Bills? Do you think that that window is, is closing every time they take a loss? Yeah, I think they have a good team, and this is a lot of high expectations because they have all the pieces to the puzzle. They just don't have an identity, and they're, they're, they're an emotional team. Like, you, you, one, thing about, one thing about them, they have uh, some big names, some big players, but it just seemed like at times their emotions is all over the place with that team. You know, you got Diggs running around, you know, uh, complaining about the ball at times and stuff like that. So I just I just feel like for Buffalo, they need to find an identity. They don't have an identity, right? And um, they have the, – I love the quarterback. I love the team. I love the defense, everything about it. But they just not, haven't exceeded – they just haven't uh, met the expectation that everybody expecting from this team because they have all the pieces to the puzzle. They're just not producing. I think the biggest question then, looking at the AFC this year or so far, we're in week eight, so we're halfway there, uh, 18 weeks now. In the Well, I think we're over half. My math is not good. Eight and eight is what, 16? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, yeah, we're about halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so – Looking at the AFC, is this Buffalo Bills team, do they have a chance to win it? To win what? The AFC. <laughs> <laughs> they better hope they can win a spot in the playoffs. Like, they are not winning the AFC. This Buffalo team, they are who they are showing they, they are. I think what hurt Buffalo is when uh, 
linebacker Milano, mm -hmm. when he got hurt, that like he was the tone setter for their defense, right? Mm -hmm. Even when the offense struggles, like he'll call some turnovers for them and get them back going, but it's just like they're struggling to find a leader right now. Josh Allen, he is a leader, but when your leader sometimes turn the ball over three times, it's kind of right. like, we're not trying to hear what you're saying right now. And again, if they lose this game and they have six losses, it's no way that if you're in the AFC, you're not winning nine games and sneaking into the playoffs. So I don't expect them to go on a run where they only lose one game for the rest of the season. So it's a must win. Stack, do you share those sentiments? Must win. Can the Bills win the AFC? I don't think they can win it, but it's definitely a must win. Well, we shall see. Listen, Thursday night football kicks off around 8.15 today or tonight, rather, on Amazon Prime. So make sure you check that out. Listen, we want to thank everybody for listening on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. If you want to go ahead and check out all of the visuals, all the craziness that happens only in front of the camera, make sure you check out the I Am Athlete YouTube page and check out all the live streams of Paper Route. We wish everybody an amazing weekend of football, Halloween fun, whatever it is you are into, and basketball. I keep forgetting to say that. Basketball season is back. Thank you, Stack. Thank you, B-Flow, Brandon Marshall, wherever in the world he is. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.